Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the Central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. It's Fizz Radio on the score 1260. Ian Unsworth and John Eats here to preview Syracuse Rutgers, talk a bit of recruiting. We've also got a special guest, our very own Matt Bonaparte, sat down with someone who knows Rutgers pretty darn well to get an inside scoop as to what to expect from the Scarlet Knights. Of course, you can always check out all of our content on orangefizz.net. Also, peep us on Twitter at orangefizz. John, before we get into this Rutgers game, there's a lot to talk about, but what did you think about Syracuse's performance at Ohio last weekend? It was a performance. It's everything that you and I talked about one week ago on this day at this time. Everything that we expected to play out the way it should have played out did happen. Syracuse came out and beat a far inferior Mac squad in Ohio. We tried to tell you guys, the team is not as good as everybody is hyping them up to be. And that was on full display last Saturday when Syracuse pulled out that 20-point victory. And I'm really excited for this weekend's game, Ian, because we're going to get a much better idea of how good this team actually is against a respectable Big Ten opponent in Rutgers. By the way, Rutgers is a good team. So if you think they're bad because they have been bad the past couple years and a bottom feeder in the Big Ten, we'll get into this a little bit more. They're not. They're a good team. Rutgers put up 61 points last weekend against Temple, and Temple is picked to finish last in the AAC, ACC, AAC, I know, that's a, that's a mouthful, the AAC American Athletic Conference, but Temple is bad. They are very, very bad, but 61 points is nothing to scoff at. If you're Syracuse, that film, I think, is very revealing, because Temple runs the 3-3-5, so does Syracuse at a much better clip, let's put it that way. Yeah, you and I looked at that film, the 3-3-5, three-man down front on that film, and they, they just absolutely ate it alive. So it'll be nice for Tony White and the Syracuse defense to get a look at what went wrong for the Owls and to see what could improve this week. It's a very RPO-heavy offense, a lot of run pass option, a lot of read option, quarterback Noah Vedral, a dual threat talent, playmakers all over the field. We'll get into a few more of those guys in a couple of minutes here. It's a dangerous squad that has all the pieces to be competitive in the Big Ten East. And their offense, just like Syracuse, extremely fast. Sean Gleason's their offensive coordinator. He came from Oklahoma State where, as we know, the Big 12 plays no defense and it's all about who can score the most points. So Sean Gleason's just caring about getting the Cowboys up and down the field. He brings that same mentality to Rutgers. It's a lot of tempo in the offense. That's something that kept Temple off balance last week on the defensive side of the football. And Syracuse, hopefully they're ready for it because they play against the same sort of style in practice. But tempo is going to be a test. Luckily, they're in a temperature-controlled unit, the Dome, with fans. Right. Yep. First time in 650 days that fans will be back in the Carrier Dome. I'll be in the stadium for that one. It's going to be bumping. It's going to be absolutely rocking. I haven't been to a game with fans in the Dome since, I think, Pittsburgh in 2019. It's always a rowdy environment, and even more so now, especially with an old Big East foe coming to town, the nostalgia that's going to be engulfing Ernie Davis Legends Field is going to be great. But you mentioned Shaw Gleason. The offense they run, spectacular. Sim- similar to what Syracuse does, but they do it a whole lot cleaner. I, mean, I think we can agree on that. Uh, things are changing this year, perhaps, though. On the defensive side, Greg Schiano is also the head coach. He really instills that tough mentality that Rutgers plays with in every down. You're going to hear the word chop a lot if you're watching the game on television from the color analysts and the play-by-play guys. You know, they, they like to storytell. 
So it's a great defense. The front seven is going to be a whole lot better than Ohio's was last week. So Sean Tucker may not be able to run as wild, but Syracuse needs him to get going if they want to win. I think Sean Tucker still has a chance to really eat up some ground in this football game. Not just because the offensive line is much improved, or at least what we saw in week one, much improved from a year ago, but also he is he's just a determined runner. He doesn't go down on first contact, and that works against anybody, against Clemson, against Notre Dame. And yes, Rutgers is not at the level of those two programs. So even if last year Syracuse offensive Syracuse's offensive line comes in and looks like cheese with extra holes in it, a little Swiss straight off the deli, I think Tucker's still going to have a good game because he just does not go down easily. And I'd say the strength of that offensive line you mentioned is actually run blocking, even though SC only allowed one sack last week against the Bobcats. They looked really good on the ground, as did Sean Tucker. And like you said, he's really got those individual abilities and characteristics to even make him more successful. His ability to break tackles, bounce outside, use his vision and cut. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be there every single game that he comes to play. It'll be there against Rutgers, and Syracuse is going to need all of it if they want to win. Okay, so let's get into Rutgers. First and foremost, they have this defensive end, since we're kind of talking about the run game. His last name's Fadakasi. I'm not going to take a stab at the first name. No, I don't. Do you? Nope. New York native, though, so throw that in there. Okay, well, this guy Fadakasi is legit, and he he can get off the edge at any time and really takes advantage of any sort of mistakes, whether that's a lapse in protection or maybe DeVito fumbles a snap or something happens, Fadakasi is going to be in the backfield. We're sorry we don't have his first name on deck, but honestly, probably safer that neither of us attempt it. Just I'll, to not I'll, I'll go for it. I'll go, go for it. it. Here we go. Ola Kunle Fatakasi. Let's go with that. Ola Kunle Fatakasi. That's right. We're going there you that. have it. Um, guy's but, a stud, though. He's an absolute stud. He's, he's, he is really good. He was all over the place last weekend. Um, I mean, honestly, there's not much to talk about in terms of Rutgers secondary. It's experienced. Guys like Christian Izian back there who have played a lot of games but not necessarily played a lot of games well, I would say. Yeah, no, I think the strength of this defense is definitely in the front seven along the defensive line and in the linebacker positions. The secondary is good enough, and like I said before, the entire defense plays hard and plays fast every down. So even though there's some unproven, unexperienced guys back there, Shiano's not going to have him in the game if they're not giving 100% out there. That's obviously a little bit of coach speak, but you could just expect a tougher matchup for Taj Harris, Anthony Queeley, and Sherrod Johnson, or whoever else is the third wide receiver out there. And really, it's a passing attack that needs to get going for Syracuse, and this could be a good spot to do it because, like you said, not a lot of studs in that back half. So perhaps Syracuse tests Rutgers' defensive, back, defensive backs in the secondary deep, trying to get Taj Harris going a little bit more this week after just 92 passing yards as a team in the last matchup. I was okay with what Syracuse did passing-wise, if we're being completely honest. I like the short throws. I like the quick decisions. Don't make Tommy DeVito think too much. That has to be Sterling Gilbert's focus going forward into this season. Let him grow back into the role as starting quarterback. And eventually, once he feels comfortable in the pocket, if his offensive line continues to hold, then you start chucking the ball down the field. And yes, he made that one beautiful deep throw that Taj Harris had hit off his hands. I mean, you can't drop that football, but if DeVito can get comfortable in the pocket, continue to grow and feel comfortable, then you start to move deeper and deeper down the field. 
and the offense, I think, is going to need to get going because on the other side, the Scarlet Knights have a whole lot of talent, and it starts at the quarterback position. Noah Vedrill, I think one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Last year, not the best season, but his best season as an individual performer had 10 total touchdowns, 9 through the air, 1 on the ground, 8 interceptions, a couple of 3 interception games, which obviously you can't have. But he's a dual-threat talent that I think is pretty savvy and slippery. Reminds me a lot of Peyton Ramsey, except I think he throws the ball a little bit better than he does. Ramsey, of course, Indiana quarterback, Northwestern quarterback, may have seen him in the Big Ten Championship last season. And on the outside, I'll let, I'll let Ian get into the receivers, but in the backfield, a whole lot of talent there as well. Isaiah Pacheco, another underrated running back, I think, in the Big Ten. He's speedy, he's slippery. Reminds me a lot of Raheem Blackshear, who if you were watching the North Carolina-Virginia Tech game, you saw him in the Hokies uniform. He's a former Rucker Scarlet Knight as well. You also got Aaron Young back there, who's a guy that Rutgers likes to go to in short yardage situations. He's pretty much like uh, Aaron Jones, I'd say. The Green Bay Packers running back. A, a poor man's Aaron Jones, I would say. So, uh, Vegel, a solid quarterback, dual threat talent that'll give Syracuse some fits in the RPO and the read option game, and then two good backs as well to help in that running game. Vegel will be thrown to mainly two guys. The first, Bo Melton, is a very solid outside receiver. Six catches for 59 yards a week ago and also a touchdown. I mean, I'd say he's your prototypical stock outside receiver. not His possession receiver. Yeah, not super fast, not going to burn you down the field, but... He'll get open, and he'll get his targets. But the guy you really have to watch out for is Aaron Cruikshank, who is p potentially the most dangerous kick returner in the Big Ten. A guy that began his career at Wisconsin. He's actually from Brooklyn, went to Erasmus Hall High School in the city. But he is an absolute beast in the return game. He had 206 all-purpose yards last weekend, uh, over two-thirds of those came in the return game, but they'll line him up anywhere. He's a gadget player. They put him in all different types of formations. He can be in the slot, on the outside, in the backfield. They'll put him in motion all over the place, but the you older fans might remember Percy Harvin. Remember back at Florida with Urban Meyer? That's who I think Aaron Cruikshank reminds me of, because if he starts running around the football field, you have to Watch him. He's got 4-3-40 speed, and he will burn you anywhere on the football field. Led the nation in kickoff return touchdowns last season. Now he's also a punt returner this year. Had 55 return yards on just two attempts last game, which is best in the Big Ten. I know it's early, but that's best in the Big Ten for now. So I think the big thing is negating his ability to impact the game in the special teams. So for Andre Schmidt or whoever the kickoff guy is this week, if they change it up, I don't think they will. Touchbacks. Every time you need him, force fair catches, touchbacks. And the same goes for punting. James Williams was spectacular last week. A couple of punts down inside the 20. Even the five, I think, one led to a Syracuse safety. You got to have more of that this week. Force some fair catches. Get that hang time up. Use the dome to your advantage. A little Presley Harvin style, the old Georgia Tech punter. One other guy I want to throw out there that you'll probably see, especially in the red zone, Johnny Langan. He's a quarterback, wide receiver, and he's also a running back, technically. You'll see him in the short yardage situations inside the five-yard line when Rutgers wants to punch the ball in with a touchdown. He's a tall, skinny wide receiver, and hopefully Syracuse can stuff him and you know make, make some uh, force some field goals. Ben, don't break defense in the red zone, just like last week. He's like their wildcat QB, Langan. I think that's the most accurate comparison. But overall, I'd say my key to this game is getting Sean Tucker going. Syracuse needs to continue to pound the rock and stay with that run game so Tommy DeVito doesn't have to do too much. And if Tucker, I don't expect him to get 180 yards again, 
but if he can get somewhere close to that hundo mark, I think Syracuse is really going to be in the driver's seat of this football game for extended periods of time. Keep the Rutgers offense off the field, chew the clock, make the defense work, sweat in the loud house with the fans absolutely on their feet, and a Tucker run of even a first down Tucker run is going to bring massive cheers, and that's something that's going to pump the Syracuse sideline up over and over. We'll see if that makes a difference. Definitely, Sean Tucker going to have to bring his A game for Syracuse on Saturday. Let's take, uh, excuse me, later today. Let's take a look at the lines. Wait, what's your key, Jeeds? It was my his, key. My key was the special teams. Was Crookshank? Okay. As long as Aaron Crookshank isn't a factor in special teams, only, there's only so much you can do when he catches the football. Because Absolutely. He's a great player. He's going to make plays. You mentioned uh, Percy Harvin, pretty much the same player. So he's going to make his plays. He's going to get his. But if you negate his ability to impact the game in special teams, I think you're good if you're Syracuse. Let's take a look at the lines real quick, and we'll discuss those. Last week, we split it, so I had, I had, what, I had the... Uh, we both had Syracuse covering, yep. but I had the under, you had the over, right. the under hit. So you won two points, I had one. That yeah, we're, we're doing a point system from now on. If you're listening to this on the FizzCast or Fizz Radio, if you tune into the FizzCast every week, we'll break down the lines. We might give you a player prop this week, too, if we're feeling frisky, but uh, yeah, we're keeping track point-wise, and chances are whoever wins at the end of the year is going to get a little celebratory lap around Fizz Twitter. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, yeah, make your decision now on who you trust more. But 2-1, Ian's got the lead here early. See if I can come back and take the lead. This one we're looking at for this week's uh, today's contest, I should say. So, Syracuse, a two-point underdog, just like last week against Ohio. Money line, plus 110 for the Orange, minus 130 for Rutgers. So, pretty good value on both sides. Over-under, set at 51.5. There's also a 52 on Action Network, Ian said. So it really depends on where you look, how you lean in this week, partner. Well, I'm going to start with the the total. I'm taking the over. I think both of these teams are going to try to bust it up and down the field. And 52 points, 25, 26, 27. I have this game becoming really close, and it's going to end up in that high 20, early 30 area. So that's why I'm taking the over. As for the points, this is really tough because... I think Rutgers is going to win by a scale of 1-3, to three, and that's too, too close. If that line drops down to minus 1.5, minus 1, ooh, I think, you, I think you might have to hit it for Rutgers. So I'll take the Scarlet Knights on the points, and I'll take the over. Okay, interesting, interesting. I am going to flip there. I'm taking the under. Barely, barely. One point under the... We'll get into our predictions at the end of Fizz Radio here. And if you're listening to the preview podcast, you can find our predictions at orangefizz.net there we go, dot net, or listen to Fizz Radio on the score 12.6. You catch it on SoundCloud as well. Just look up Orange Fizz in the search bar. I'm going with the under 51 total points between the two teams. I'll get into my score prediction later, and I'm taking Rutgers with the points. So there you have it. We're both siding with Rutgers, unfortunately, but we both think it's going to be a neck-and-neck ball game. I've got the over. John has the under. And overall, this is going to be probably one of the most exciting football games Syracuse fans have seen in the last three years. That's going to do it for this week's preview fizzcast. Syracuse Rutgers at 2 p.m. on Saturday. As always, thank you so much for listening. For John Eads, I've been Ian Unsworth. Enjoy the game, and go Orange.